The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the following program belong solely to the host and guest and do not necessarily reflect those of this radio station, our parent company, advertisers, or affiliates. Welcome to Sharing Our Stories. We share stories of support for individuals in recovery from substance misuse and mental health-related issues. There are numerous pathways to recovery, and each week we welcome powerful leaders and role models who have struggled in drug and or alcohol addiction, have found a pathway to recovery, and who thrive as positive community members with an ongoing vision of success. Join us as we share our experiences, strength, and hope. When the world says, give up, hope whispers. Try it one more time. Welcome back to Sharing Our Stories. How are you doing, Mile High? My name is Slim, along with Tomas Hernandez from Tribe Recovery Homes, and Nani... Our, our producer extraordinaire and uh, this is sharing our stories and this program is all about addiction and recovery and we have a great guest coming in today to talk about um, their life their their struggles with addiction and where they are in their recovery and they also run a really awesome organization called the next chapter the NXT chapter which helps with re-entry for men and women coming out of prison so I'm very excited to have our guest today so before we get to her and uh, get this program started uh, Tomas Hernandez from Tribe Recovery Homes. Uh, thank you so much for the work that you guys do. Tribe Recovery Homes is the sponsor of this program and uh, are, are the reason why we are able to exist on your airwaves. So Tomas with Tribe Recovery Homes, tell everybody a little bit about what Tribe Recovery Homes does. Hey everybody, yeah, I'm Tomas. Um, I'm the founder of Tribe Recovery Homes. Um, Tribe Recovery Homes is a mental health uh, addiction and reentry uh, program. Uh, we started at Sober Living. Now we are uh, full-on treatment from residential all the way down. Um, we're in two states from Colorado to Nevada, Las Vegas, Denver, Boulder area, um, Aurora, Denver Metro. Um, yeah. Uh, what would be your mission statement? Basically, you do drugs, you drink too much, you end up with a ticket, you're in a pre- and a post-incarceration, you're getting out, you have nothing, you come see us. We're one of the main partners that, that have that philosophy. But what makes Tribe unique is uh, we are pretty uh, jam-packed with lived, lived experience folks. Um, multicultural folks um, will find that program for you. We have a very good star-studded cast of women that work with women in our program. Nani is one of them that works directly with our women program and building that. I'm pretty happy about that. Big shout out to Melissa and Deborah, Nani, Julia, everybody that's on our staff, that uh, our therapists out there that do a great job doing that, our clinical director, Ozzy. Um, we are just a, a family away from your family. If you've lost your family, if you need a family, we're there. Um, good hundred plus beds, four different locations, five with Las Vegas and very proud of what we've done. Me and Dan Singer, my co-founder, basically started this from basically nothing. We lived in the houses for one, we didn't have nowhere to go. You know, so we basically lived with our guys and it was a male program. He had his role, I had my role, and by the grace of God, um, it blew up to what it is today. We're pretty proud of that. So if you want to get a hold of us, basically get us on uh, www.tribrecoveryhomes.com. There's a thing that says apply here. Put your application in, and one of our intake specialists will get back to you. And if you're not a fit for our program, or you find that we're not your cup of coffee, we're going to find a community partner such as the, the young lady sitting right next to me and many others that are out there and try to get you that fit. So it's not just, oh, sorry, we can't help you. No. See you later. We don't, we don't work like that. We find what you need, how you need it, and we don't hate. You know, we don't compete with others. We partner with others and uh, 
you know, um, I'm pretty excited about sitting with, with our guest today, Josie, um, a very good friend of mine, brother. I am a Prince Hall Mason, proud Prince Hall Mason, Centennial Lodge 4. Um, her partner, 6'7", um, is one of my Prince Hall Mason brothers, and uh, they do some great work out there. They're, they're really hitting it hard. They're original Denver, original Park Hill area, original um, people that know our neighborhood, and uh, I'm really excited to be quiet and listen to what she's got to say you know uh, being excited about being quiet i know my wife's probably hearing that I'm like yeah right yeah, for real um but um with that being said uh i'm just really really uh honored to 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 be here with all of you good folks um and also i want to give a shout out to a new sponsor we have caring for denver Larez oh, yes, and yes. all of them for what they're about to do for us to make this show catapult to the next level also with Merge Media, that's been this great, great new studio that we have for sharing our stories. Um, and the biggest thing is Slim for making this happen, just making an idea. Well, you know, thanks. But that, that I, I mean, you've, you've taken this, this SOS thing from just something small, you know, and a lot of people don't like to give, don't know how to give Slim his, his due. For, first, he's one of the original best and not only hosts, MCs and executives in broadcasting he's also a man of long term in recovery and he's also a man that that came up with the brainchild of sharing our stories well thank you thank you, you know, that's 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 huge for us we've had what thousands and of, of get hundreds of guests which will multiply into thousands and and soon how we're going to do it is going to be in a few states I would love that um, you know, our goal here each week is just if we can reach one person that's listening or watching and and influence them to start their pathway to their recovery or maybe understand a friend or a family member who might be dealing with an addiction that maybe you didn't understand how to talk to them or understand what they're going through yet. Hopefully um, this program helps you to relate to them a little bit more. And if we can reach one person and start them on their pathway, then we have succeeded. And um, if you are looking to start your recovery and you don't know what to do, you you don't know what to Google or who to call, you can call somebody at Tribe Recovery Homes and they will help you. They will answer those questions to help you find that pathway to your recovery. And that number is 720-60-TRIBE. Um, Mahai, I want to get started with our guest here before we eat up all of her time. Um, I'm, very, I'm very excited to have her here. We met at the Juneteenth Parade. Yes. Um, through some mutual friends of people who have been on this program and they were like you got to come meet Josie and I met Josie and she was like I want to be on the show and I was like you're going to be on the show <laughs> that, that's how this works <clears throat> now Josie you run before I want to turn this right over to you and let you tell your story but before we do that because I, I want to make sure we don't miss any time here um, you run an organization called the next chapter the NXT chapter and it's for people um, re-entry from prison can you tell us a little bit about that organization before we start yeah we kind of do what tribe is doing you know reach the community that needs help reintegrating back into society and it's kind of because like recovery and reentry kind of run hand in hand yep. they coincide and so if i give you a little bit about my backstory of how i even got to next chapter uh -huh. that's well then let's get <laughs> to it um uh, hi our guest today is josie burton Originally from Chicago, but she now claims our Mile High City uh, of Denver. <laughs> She's like, don't put that on me. <laughs> I claim it been here 20 years now. 20 years? So that's like me too. Now I'm I've been here. here 20 years, so you know, I claim it from my 20 years. Yes. But I was from somewhere originally too else. Okay. You know, so high five to Chicago, but now you a Denver girl. Denver yes. woman. 
Yes. Denver Thank woman. You. Yep. <laughs> um, so we're going to turn this over to Josie Burton. She is our guest, um, and she is the president of the next chapter. And here is Josie Burton on sharing our stories. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for that introduction. And so I'm going to get a little started on my backstory. Um, I came from parents that were immigrants, and my dad was the dealer, and my mom was the, uh, she had the addiction. And so my dad fed her, you know, her addiction and stuff like that. And it caused me to grow up in the system. I got taken away from my parents when I was six years old. And so I was in foster care, which graduated me to group homes and detention centers and all that. And I constantly was running away. I have addiction to the streets at this point now. And so everything that came with the streets is what I indulged in. And so I learned real fast, though. (laughs) And um, so I came up here to Colorado when I was 17, 18 years old with my baby. And he was one years old. And I didn't know nobody here. The land was foreign to me. And I had got involved with the wrong crowd. So in the mix of getting wrong, involved with the wrong crowd, I lost my son. Um, I I caught cases. Um, I was just in a, a mess. And so I eventually had wanted this street life and didn't know too much about it. And as I was in it, I was realizing that this ain't for me. And so I end up being addicted to drugs, end up telling on people during cases. So now I'm running for my life, getting shot at and having to hide and all this stuff. And it wasn't until I was 19 that I got sentenced to community corrections, seven years. I was a DOC client, but by the grace of God, they gave me community corrections. So the deal was, if I mess up, I'm going straight to DOC, no ifs, ands, and buts about it. And so when I got into community corrections, I didn't know what I was doing, you know, and I had got out of jail. They let me wait for my bed outside. But these people that I've robbed, I stolen from, told on, did all this stuff were after me. So it wasn't until I met this family and they're called like the Harris family. That's their names. And they took this stray in and they taught me all the things I needed to be taught to get my life on track. But I was still hard headed. I was still now I'm putting them in situations where they having to defend their life and mine, you know, because all the ruckus I was causing and stuff like that. And so as I get in the halfway house, I'm still addicted to my behaviors and stuff. I go in there and I try to sell drugs and stuff in there, which, you know, you can't do. And so I ran because they were threatening to put me in jail. And that's when I feel like God kind of shifted my life and saved me because I had a caseworker and the director call me, say, we're going to give you 24 hours. Think about your decision. You can stay out there for 24 hours. When you come back, you need to be on track. We're not going to take you to jail, none of that. So me getting nervous, like, yeah, right. Yeah, but I had, you know, the Harris family was like, you need to do this. You can do this. And they, like, inspired me to go back and do my program. And, yeah, I did face a lot of obstacles and challenges with that because I I relapsed. I I reoffended. I did all those things. But eventually I got it done. And the hardest part to me was when that parole officer because I was a DOC client, I got a parole officer and they gave me a to-do list. I didn't understand what I was supposed to do. The land was foreign. I spent my time in the streets. I didn't spend my time doing anything that I was supposed to be doing to get on track. So I didn't know where to start. And so that's when I started thinking, there's got to be more people like me. So that's how Next Chapter came about is because I was like, I want to help individuals like me. And coming from a background to where I was, you know, sexually molested, raped and all those things, I used to use that as my excuse. And and I used to dwell in drugs like ecstasy and 
you know, acid and all those things I had no business doing because I wanted to live in that pity, you know, like poor me. I, I got this life and I didn't ask for it when I, I could have changed my life and it was on me. I had to wake up and realize that, though. And so with the support of the Harris's, shout out to the Harris's, you know, helping me change my life and get me back on track. It, that's why I'm here today. That's why I have the next chapter, because now I got a squad full of people that suffered in damn near the same situations as me to be able to go out here and heal the community that we help kind of mess up. And so it, it's been a long road, a long journey. And now I'm in these spaces. I never see my life going to where I'd be on radio stations, TV, news. And now I have girls coming up to me. It's like, you were molested too. You were raped too. I was too. I was scared to tell people, how'd you get past that? And I took a lot of therapy. And when I say therapy, not necessarily therapy with counselors and stuff like that, but with self-therapy, going to God, reading my Bible, cleansing my soul with, you know, books that will give me information on how to heal and stuff like that. And and then my peers, you know, watching them and learning from them what not to do and what to do, you know, taking certain parts from that to heal myself. And then I'm a mother of nine boys, so I had to be an example to them to, uh, you know, to be a better person and to let them know every anything is possible as long as you put the work in. And so that's what I've been doing, striving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot. And my, you, and, no, my, and my mom, what kind of also did it is when I got into, when I got released, I was in jail for two years of back and forth on writs and stuff like that before I got sentenced to community corrections. And uh, I was writing my mom and telling her, like, can you take my son? Because now he's in the system. And she had wrote me back and told me, like, um, I'm dying. I can't take him. So my mom was an addict, so I didn't really believe her. And so two weeks after I got out of jail, she did pass. You know, so I now realize my support system is gone. So I couldn't lean on that. I had to get to hit the ground running. And, you know, I was already emancipated at 14 years old in an independent living program. And I kind of didn't do that. I ran off so I didn't get the stuff I was supposed to get from that to learn how to do it at 18 and 19 on my own because of the decisions I made. So with her not being there, it really opened the world up to me. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm really out here having to strive and live and learn it. And so it was a lot. And, and I'm glad that God has shifted my life to where I am now so that I'd be able to do that. And you guys ain't supposed to be having me cry on the show. That's not supposed to happen. <laughs> I didn't think that was going to happen. So I thank y'all for having me. And I thank you for letting me get my story out because the more that I do this, I reach souls and, and I let, let them know that I'm the example to you. You can do it. You know what I'm saying? It's going to take a lot of work. It's not going to be easy. You need good support systems in place. And if you need me to be that for you, I can be that too. And I got great support systems now that I've changed my life over. And the biggest one for me is God. You know, without him, I can't do any of this. It's been a long, long journey. And for a long time, I thought I could do it without him. And uh, it wasn't working. It wasn't. <laughs> I needed that strength. And now I'm here. Um. What made you finally say, you know what, I got to change. I, I, need, I need things to change. Um, I just kept on getting myself in more situations. I never seen myself running from bullets and dodging them. You know, it started to scare me like this, this street life that 
everybody was trying to keep me from I ran full-fledged into it and then I realized after I was in so much stuff that this ain't for me I'm scared of it I will be completely honest it was too much I'm not about that street life you know after being in there and seeing some of the stuff you get to see in that street life it, it, it when your parents tell you it's either jail or death that's really what it is but at that point in time when you're a kid you're not able to sense that you're just running out there and invincible yeah and so now that I'm older and, and while I was in that street life, I got to see it firsthand. That's all that's out there. And so I, I thank God for saving my life because there's a few times that, you know, he made that bullet miss me, you know, and I thank him for that because now I'm raising nine boys and uh, I'm showing them the correct way. They're a little hard headed too. They have some of my traits in them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you, um, multiple states getting here, Trusting another family like the Harris family. Mm -hmm. um, happened to be a strong, strong example. Black woman in recovery. What does that look like? What, what, is, what does that journey look like for you? Um, we've, you've, you've mentioned the, the strength in, in the core of being God and spirituality. But on a day-to-day -day basis, if I was to bring one of my beautiful daughters please do not ever let them have to touch addiction like that we, that we have. And I have to find somebody on the street or in an organization to bring my babies to you. What would you say is a message having a 19, 25, 30 year old, young, strong, confused black woman in front of you? What does that look like for her? First of all, I would just tell her, you got to believe in yourself. This journey is not going to be easy. You're going to have a lot of obstacles and challenges, and, and you're going to have to build your self-esteem up while going through some of these doors because there's going to be some rejection in there, and, and it's going to be hard work because it's all hard work. I tell people it's even hard work sometimes to be a homeless person, you know, because you're going to have to find that meal, that shower, and all, that's all work. But you can do it if you believe in you. You have to want it. You know, eventually you got to get tired of living that same cycle and not getting nowhere. It's like being in the hamster wheel. And to tell her, like, and this is the example, I'm going to do it side by side with you. We can do it together because I'm still a work in progress. I'm still waking up every day striving to be in recovery. I'm in recovery every day. <laughs> Trying yeah. not to go back. Absolutely. This is not a few month process, a few year process. This is every it's day. Life. This is life. It's life now. <laughs> yeah. And life in general is work. People just have to start looking at it that way. Anything that we hop into is going to be work. I don't care what it is. Love that. The core of that, basically, the message um, is hard work. And, and that's, you know, uh, one of my first mentors was always hard work beats talent when talent don't show up for hard work. Mm -hmm. And those, those mantras in my head every day, I get up to hard work. I'm, I'm out beat you. I'm out work you. I'm outwork my addiction idea ideology. I'm gonna outwork temptation. I'm outwork whatever I can to make sure that I can stay just for one day, just for one day to be on this on on this deck on this playing field for one more day. Um, another question that I got is this: um, What's the reality today? What you think of the scope of 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 what we're the challenges of what we're looking at? We got it. We have. We have our babies. You have nine kids. 
Nine boys. Str- struggling right now. Mm-hmm. And they looking up to you, Mom, I got X, Y, and Z out here messing up where, where I got to take them because they see you as a community leader. Um, what can you and your organization, and, uh, you know, I see uh, Markel Burton on here, James Harris, um, you know, your brother that's in the crowd here. Where did they go? You know, we got a lot of violence that are happening in these streets besides just recovery. What can your organization connect them to? Where can they find hope? Where can they find peace? Well, we're partnered with a lot of people. So what happened is we learned all the steps that we needed to take when we got out of incarceration, right? And what we were realizing is that we were connecting to a whole bunch of resources, but they were spread out across the city. So we were like, that's a lot of traveling and stuff. Why don't we create something that's more like a one-stop shop, Bring have everything for them in-house. And so I reached out to a lot of people, like Cross Purpose is one of my partners, and they offer the vocational training for them. And so they they give them skilled trades and all that, and they come in there and they get personal growth and development. They get training for jobs, and they could be felons and have criminal backgrounds and start doing jobs that they didn't even think they could do. Like being a um, legal admin, you're now in a law firm with a criminal background typing up subpoenas. A lot of us just don't know where this opportunity is. So what me and my team did is went and found the opportunity, and now we bring it to the community. So now we give you a laptop. We get we pay for your GED if you don't have your GED. After you do GED, if you want to get more than just a job, we can get you employed in a career track. So after you do this six months program, you're going right into that career track. If you don't want to do that and you want just a job just now because time is passing, you're in the halfway house, you need some money right quick to get on your feet, we get you a job. We're partnering with staffing agencies that will have you working tomorrow. So if you get out today, you'll be working tomorrow. And we took those steps. We did all the footwork. We're going to connect you to all the resources, even the children, you know, because our youth is the ones being targeted right now. Mm. We're not hearing so much of our elders passing and stuff as these youth. So that's our main concern. You know, exactly, because, you know, I'm I'm on the commission on a lot of different levels from the state to the to the city level. And, uh, you know, my my friends are a lot of uh, now police officers that are you know, working in these youth correction facilities, you know, correctional officers. And it's crazy have, you say yeah. that because my dream was always to be a police officer. Of course, I went on the other side of that. <laughs> but it's it's funny how God led me straight to now we work with them. Mm-hmm. Them as our colleagues, mm-hmm. you know, and I never seen myself on this side. I was just in a woman's prison the other day and we're sitting on the other side of the desk. You know, mm-hmm. helping them stuff. I didn't Absolutely. see myself doing that. We're in parole on the other side of the decks. You know, so I, I'm now feeling like I, I got tested and now I'm a testimony, if Absolutely. that makes sense. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So tell me what that means to you to be that testimony that how, you know, as, as a woman in long term recovery, um, a community leader, somebody that is a connector of all beautiful things through God on a daily basis. How does that feel, that achievement, that, that aha, I, I'm here, uh, that grace of God? How does that feel? Tell, tell our audience how that feels to be that, that shining, that waking up moment, to be validated and to be needed. It's a, it's a blessing. I'll tell you how much of a blessing it is. Um, so some of these people that I stole from and I was running from that pulled these guns out on me and were chasing me, they're on the other side of my desk now. And now I'm able to help them. 
Yeah. And it's amazing. They, they didn't see me going there either. They, you know, it's like, wow, I'm getting help from you and you turned your life around. So some of them even forgot the dirt that I've done Okay. Okay. <laughs> and forgave me because I paid it forward with helping them. You know, I just was making mistakes. That's all. I wasn't my, my mistake. You know, I, I shared that with you the other day. I was at the gym. And um, you know those things that you do that you really like look at yourself when you do your step work. You look at everything. It was like, man, I was, that was so bad. I wish I could make amends with that person. Right. I got an opportunity the other day. A guy walked into the 24-hour fitness that I, I just did wrong. I did him wrong. You know, he was on his way back. I had some of his tattoo gear. And I put it on social media. And I did some things that I'm not proud of. And I always thought about him, and I was like, man, if I could just ever get back to him. And he's one of those guys that I would literally let him punch me in the mouth mm-hmm. for what I did. <laughs> you know what I mean? And let him get away with that. You know, but instead, he needed help, and I said, I'm sorry with tears in my eyes. I'm like, man, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. You were, you were a friend, and I betrayed you. And he didn't even think about that. He just gave me a hug and just was like, hey, man, I just need help. Mm-hmm. I got in that phone as quick as I could, and he's doing great, and He's, uh, you know, he's, he's clean, he's in the program, he's doing well. And I got that, that, man, it was just one of those things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things that you're like, man, I wish I had never done that. But I got to give back to that gentleman. And, Bless him. And that's, and that's all God right there. Mm-hmm. So that, that feeling that I, I know how you feel there, um, and for a long time, I used to always question God. My relationship always wasn't good with God. I used to be like, why did I get this life? Why did I get those parents? Why did I, all this stuff trying to just find blame. And then now it's to the point where I feel like I had to come up that way and go through them things so that I'd be able to stand on this side of the fence to be able to be the example to my peers and understand it thoroughly. Because now I have the relatability with those across from me. You know, yes. and now I'm able to dig in and help you in a way I didn't see before. That's interesting because you know what? Uh, we have the same ideology. What I'm feeling is, is uh, you know, that I'm sure that the, the audience would like to know, um, what does it feel like to be an actual servant of God? Not just to regurgitate what's in the Bible because we know we got those people that are out mm-hmm. there that they can make a toothbrush uh, Part of Corinthians seven, eight, nine. You know what I mean? And they could do all that stuff real right. quick and start saying some stuff. But like really being a true servant of God that that radiates through your kids, through your family, through through your through your organization. How does that feel when people are saying, "Hey, I am going to give my life to Jesus. I am going to work for this community." How how do you do that? How does that how does that relationship look? How does that feel? How what is the responsibility to that? Well, I will tell you this first. When people used to say that to me, because you know we've been in places where our elders used to tell us that and whatnot, and so I used to be like, they're crazy. They don't know what they're talking about. But it wasn't until I gave my life over to Christ where I felt like now I'm serving Him. You know, I have a mission. My mission statement is Him, and it's instilled in me to serve, provide a service to His people. And that's how I'm looking at it. I'm just like one of these walking disciples out here serving God and making sure that I let everybody know this is how I got here. This is how you're going to get there. And you can't do it on your own. You need that type of strength because all the stuff we do like in this (laughs) nonprofit community world, it ain't nothing but God giving us strength. We could not do this on our own. No way. Yeah, especially with your four hours of sleep, you said. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, know, I just, you know, I I run off to straight energy because of, I feel, and, and you know, it may not be healthy, but you know, it's, uh, I made a deal with him that as soon as I stop helping, that's what I tell my wife, that I'm, I'm dead in the water. That's the deal. To get my life back, I got to keep helping. I got to keep creating. And I know I go overboard with it because you know I'm just 
that's just part of my condition. But you already know what's on the other side of that. Exactly. Once you stop, you've already. We all been exposed to what's on the other exactly. side. We all exactly. see it. So there ain't nothing but moving forward, yeah. or stay stagnant in that hamster wheel and continue to be in that same yeah. cycle. And I yes. can't do that. You know, I, I, I want too much for my family, myself, and for the people I'm helping. So I want my job is to inspire souls to move forward with their life and let them know that they can do it. Why? Because I'm an example in front of you. I've been right where you are. That you brings in, that does bring another question. What does a day to day outreach for your team look like? What is what does that look like? You know, you seen you met Slim at Juneteenth. You're everywhere. I've heard your name everywhere, and this is the first time I'm, I'm actually sitting by you. You know, uh, six seven gonna kick my butt. I was supposed to meet up with him in, <laughs> in Vegas. You know, I owe him big. I'm gonna have to fly him back out. You know, that's my guy because he's all heart. He was actually supposed to be here with me yeah. today, but he's all heart. You know <laughs> what I mean? He's he's uh, and and that's what I love about your organization. Who it's is filled. six seven? You have to fill us in. He's B O Y Z. B-O-Y-Z. Yeah, they're a nonprofit organization that works with the youth. Okay. And so they're kind of um, all over the place as well. But they're more stationed in the Park Hill, you know, and they used to be a gang. Yep. And now the redemption story is helping the youth so they don't go to where they just came from. Okay. Yeah, 6 7 sense. is a Prince Hall Mason brother of mine. And awesome. Literally, we call him 6 7 because he's 6 well, 7. Well, I want everybody to know who yeah. he is. You yeah, know. we got to get him in here on an interview. But like what I'm saying is, you know, it's it's amazing to know that you're so busy. What what does outreach to 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 reach your community look like for your organization? What does that look like? You know, I'm looking at your at your flyer here. Um, Mr. Harris is out there. He's he's a project manager. You know, treasurer. He's he's out there fundraising, and you are boots on the ground. Yes, you are the one that's that's pulling it in. What does that look like on a day to day basis for you and your organization? How does that look? A lot. Um, but we're out, we're out here in the community. It's like we we hit all cities. Like I told you, we're in Aurora. We're in the halfway houses. We're in sober livings. We're in parole offices. We're anywhere where they need our help. We're in schools. You know, we're there ain't nowhere we're not. And we just sometimes decide as a team, let's get you know our gear. Let's go out here, hand out some hygiene. Let's hand out some sandwiches or whatever. We just are in the community. It, it needs healing. And we took part in messing it up. So it's yeah. only right that we kind of try to put back in, you know, to make it right. Recovery always seems to revolve so much around organizations for men. And women seem to be the forgotten, the forgotten ones in recovery so often, but especially minority women and, and black women. And what do you say to women struggling in addiction who don't feel heard or noticed or or anybody looking out for them? I feel the opposite of you. Good, please. I feel like please, there's I a hear whole it. bunch of help for the women. I want to hear it. And I feel like our men doesn't have a lot of help. Really? Because there's housing for women. They say you can get housing and all that stuff, but the man can't be there and all that stuff. So it puts our men to be back out there in the streets, hard pushing and get taking chances to either relapse or reoffend. So I got really passionate because I'm watching my nine sons, you know, and yeah. they're about to hit the ground running. Yeah. And I just want to make sure they're set up because they are black men, mm-hmm. you know, whether will be, you know. And so that's where I became uh, also passionate. forgotten in the world of recovery. Yeah, yeah. You know, so the clarification on that, I love what she said, because in, in, in the treatment world, it's reverse. In the treatment world, on sober living, those things, well, it's kind of more evening out now. But as long term housing is what she's saying to find places to live. Men don't have a fighting chance. It's all for women. And most of the time, you know, I'm not trying to sound biased or anything like that. They let our women go get TANF and put the father on child support and all that. And that's a good thing. I'm not saying that's negative or whatever. But where's the TANF for the men? 
Like, where, where's their setup? Where's their jump start? You know, and, and I'm coming from, we want these homes to have two-parent households. Maybe it would stop some of the violence with the boys in the street with this chaos. And so I'm more passionate about helping women, but the men, because... No, no, I, I want to hear it. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you know what you're the outlet, because you yeah. know in, my, in our treatment center is basically like this. I don't have the time to, br- to bridge that gap between the male figure has failed America, in my opinion. Boys are not trusting men to be men. Mm. So mm. they trust mom, auntie, grandma. Yes. Anybody that's raising them, they're not going to, like my, my, my stepson, my son, I, it took me a couple of years, a few years to earn his trust to even say that, hey, dad, I love you. Right. And I don't have that time in a treatment center. I got to have a hard-hitting woman like you just talk to this young man or this young man's ideology in his head that could be 40, 50, 60 years old because that's all that he knows and that's where it's at. But and that's, I love- that's because they tell y'all men that y'all can't be emotional, right? Mm-hmm. That don't wear your heart on your sleeve. You have to hit the ground running. You got to hit it. And the women are over here taking care of the babies. They can be emotional. They can go get assistance. They're so quick to help women. That's why I said I'm I on the you. other side of this. Yeah, I, yeah. Go get, I can I, go get help quicker than he can. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're willing to give it to me I for just, free. I always <laughs> hear of all these homes, these recovery homes for men. And I don't hear about a lot for women. And I meet less women in recovery than I do men. And you got to get and out so, more. Because there, there's a whole bunch of recovery out. for take, women. Take me out. Yeah. You know? Well, I want, I want recovery for everybody. Yeah. yeah. That's know? whoever needs yes. it. That's true. You know? and, I, and, I want, and I want people that feel unreported or, or, or like they don't have any attention given to them to, mm-hmm. hear, to, to have their voice be heard. Right. right. You know? And, and I don't hear from enough black women in recovery to share with those women out there that are suffering. And I want that message out there yeah. that, you know what? There, you you got to support system here too. And we're here for you too. We're here right. for everybody. I'm here Absolutely. for everybody. No discrimination. You know, exactly. yeah, you know for everybody. Tribe might be a sponsor, a small piece of this in the launching board, but I sponsor this show for y'all. Thank you. So we can, we can, you know, get more community organizations, you know, like, some of my favorite organizations, one of my biggest mentors that on, on earth love this, this organization, Hassan Latif, mm. Second Chance Center. That man is giving me more opportunities than I ever thought, and I could never hate on another organization or, or even try to compete. I compete with myself. You know, I got Hazelbrook out there uh, that I always work with him all the time. Man, me and Gino are really, really close, tight, tight friends, you know. Sherry from, from Aurora Sober Living. She helped get me clean off the street. She gave me my first scholarship. Mm, I had nothing. Sherry. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sherry, Sherry gave me more of the blues, more than I could even think of. You know what I mean? And, you know and, what and, I tell and, people? Yeah. We're like superheroes. You know, have y'all seen yeah. all them movies with the superheroes? And then we go in deliberation. We Superman, Hawk, and all that. And now we're talking about how we're going to go out here and impact the community. So that's what we all do. It's the collaboration in it because it's going to take, they say it takes a village to raise a child, right? Absolutely. So what you think it takes community. Absolutely. And you know what? <laughs> and we have a, a listener that has a request. Okay. We have our producer that she says, I would love to hear from the other woman on the panel. Why hasn't she said anything? Ooh. Well, Ooh. yeah. So, so <laughs> what exactly do you feel about this conversation? So what I feel about this conversation, I love it. Um, I think, so I, I hear you and I, I want to validate that. I do believe that there are a lot of resources for women and I appreciate and I think that there's a lot to be said that um, there, there are resources for men. Um, and I feel like, 
I um, I think that there it is it is becoming a lot better um, for women. Mm-hmm. It it is uh, it is getting better out there for women. Um, but there it is still very limited in the recovery world for Period. for women, right? And I think that I think we're changing the narrative, which is really important that um, it's it's getting better for women in recovery homes, but it is still very limited right now um and overall um i think that i i really love and appreciate what you're doing um and i you know i i going out and doing outreach and in reach um is so valuable um and all of the work that all the work that all of our community partners are doing together Mm. um and i think like tomas was saying you know like you just said this is an entire village of people it takes an entire village of people to come together and and continuing to work together you know um because what one what one partnership can't do we can all do together and that's so huge, you know. Um, you know, the scope of the view of a partnership was taught to me like this. It's about gaps of service. You fill those gaps of service. If you look at it like the state of Colorado, we've got a lot of great, great knowledge on this show about what's missing on both sides. And they're both valid. You know, mine right now in Colorado, it is the youth. We have no hospitalization. We have no detox. We have no chances for them. They're out there not being cared about, so they don't care. Mm. And that's where they're at. So those gaps of services on community partners, if you're out there, please reach out to the show. Reach out to Nani, our producer out here, so we can get you on this show so I could be proven wrong on that because I'm mm. no – I love being proven wrong in recovery when I think I got an opinion <laughs> about something. You know what I mean? Go ahead and just and show me. Mm-hmm. Please get me in your phone book. Mm-hmm. Please get me in your phone book as quick as possible because – We need those resources out for people like me that don't know right now. And you are existing with a building, with services, with people changing lives, just like yourself on on this on the show today. And we really on the gaps of services really need to come together and stop competing and start helping together because we are one of the biggest, biggest markets in the United States. Now, we are one of the biggest cities. We are also the also the second violent in the nation we are also the first in property crime and we are also very very legalized in a lot of substance abuse and progressive on a lot of different things that we are doing you know when in rome we're rome right now and Mm -hmm. we're reaching out to rome to get out here and help so that brings to the next question how can somebody that loves your organization listening to you what they can do to contribute back to your organization how can they volunteer how can they donate how can they get involved how can they get these things going because they believe in you josie they they're hearing you they're watching you online how do they do that they can just go to nextchapter.org and there's a volunteer button there's a do- donate button and there's a button where you can just contact one of our peer navigators and like we're on call so we'll, we're, we're always providing that support. We don't want you to relapse, reoffend, none of those things. So they can go hit those buttons on the website. And that is nxtchapter.org? Mm-hmm. Okay. Without the E. Without the E. Yes. Nxtchapter. <laughs> Wanted to be a little different. Yes. So chaptr.org? Yes, okay. chapter. She liked my tattoo. Some of the stuff ain't spelled right, but that's for different reasons. Because we're a little loaded, you know what I mean? So, I had to get over it again. <laughs> so we have a lot of people that are listening from from being incarcerated right now if they want to what happens when they call your organization and they're getting out of jail 
Okay. Or prison. So usually what happens like with DLC clients, we kind of are in touch with their case managers. So they send us a file over first to let us know they'll be released so we can already have them set up okay. before they hit the ground running. And then with like parole, we'll go in there the day they get released and get them before they hit the streets. Because you know how it is with yeah. relapsing and stuff like that. If you give me time and, and don't help me in that time, I got 72 hours before I go out there and find something. Mm-hmm. And so we try to make sure that doesn't happen. And so, um, so it's if, about being there right as they get out. Right, right as there they get them, out. Not giving them a chance to right. get put back, pulled back in. Right. So and, we got a special, special listener right now. We got Watika Abdul Alim. What he is is for the city council of Aurora. He is the veterans representative, okay. and he wor- he works with the organization called Warriors Now. I'm sure he would like to know about your organization. Do you have any veteran services, and do you help with veterans that are coming out of incarceration? And what does that look like? Um, well, as of right now, we just um, we're partnered with the VOA, so we kind of send our vet- veterans that way. Okay. But if they want something for time being, as far as a job or school or anything like that, we hook them up with that. Okay. Immediately. Okay. So we, I mean, we're growing. We've been in business only three years, so we're kind of expanding. Yeah. We just yeah. got our um, third location, and so we're moving. Yeah. It's growing. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, Watique's an entrepreneur, so he knows exactly where you're coming from okay. on that. And I know that he loves to support black-owned businesses, black-owned mm-hmm. foundations, so I just wanted to give him a shout-out and get you guys connected on that Hello. situation. <laughs> Yeah, you're right up there. You know, this oh, okay. Well, I was on both. I'm sorry. Hello. So, Tomas. Um, yeah, I just um, I'm really blown back on 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 how things are going um, for you. It's uh, three also, years. Also, I don't want to interrupt you. Do your you. thing. Do your thing. But even with the like immigrants that are coming out, I'm really passionate about those because my parents were immigrants as well. So my dad did 24 years in prison. And when he got out, he really, because he don't speak English or none of that, he really didn't have no guidance or direction. So we helped them as well. Bilingual, first language. So I'm able to help them transition as well. Awesome. Do you work only with DOC clients or do you work with parolees as well? Anybody has a criminal background or anybody is dealing with uh, sobriety issues. Anybody. I don't turn anybody away. And even if you don't have a criminal background or you're not dealing with sobriety, if you come my way, I'll still help you too. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. What is the number to reach you guys at? Um, 720-397-7236. And that's my personal cell. I put that out there. You know so you y'all, just put it to 400,000 people. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. What is it one more time? 720-397-7236. And they can call you. And so what you just did is made that a business phone. <laughs> don't worry i got the hook up with t-mobile call yeah. me later i'll get you another one obviously mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, how long how long have you been uh, in recovery now um i would say since about 31 so i'm 41 about 10 years wow yeah we're about mm-hmm. the same same area you got a question on here so we have a friend, Raquel, that's on here, and she's asking, question about the homeless population. Is there a way you help the homeless, and what does that look like? Um, as of right now, I'm not helping the homeless um, because I'm in deliberations with everybody, every room I go into, every town hall meeting or whatever, trying to do something about the homeless because, like I said, when I had got caught and I lost my son, 
um, I had some struggling there. And so he had grew up in the system as well. And then I got custody back of him when he was 14. But that relationship is kind of tainted and I'm still working on that. So he chooses not to be with me. So he's actually in the streets is homeless. So I take him food. I give him money and all that. But our relationship, I'm still trying to repair that. So I'm so passionate about the homeless because I got all types of walks of life over here, you know, that I want to help people because my son is one of those people. And so if I can make a difference for him and his the people that he's out there with, that yeah. would do something for me. So Absolutely. So I'm working I, on it. We get I, I get it. I get, you know, it's that's a very, very uh, me and Nani have extensive conversations <laughs> about the homeless population because you know you have to you have to surround it about the resources that you have you know chronically right. homeless is a very 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 expensive focused type of program you have people that are they have checked out and they do not want a roof over their head mm-hmm. and they've decided that the system and the day-to-day life of a civilian is not for them. So that's going to take a while, and that's going to take some resources to get there. And then my you- son is a schizophrenic, so I was trying to get him help, and the police was like, well, first, he's got to admit he needs the help. A person that's dealing with they're not really ready to admit mm-hmm. they need help. Right. And so I'm like, me being his mom, that's not enough. And they're like, no. So the homeless situation is Absolutely. a lot. It has a lot of yeah. challenges in there. Exactly. With mental health, drug addiction. Mm-hmm. You know, some people get into drug addiction like methamphetamine is predominant out there because especially with females, because they got to stay up all night so they don't get hurt. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a lot of different nuances on those on those different things. You know, um, you have people that are couch surfing that are, that are under two years that you can really work with a whole lot quicker. So really, when you have a, a family member out there, um, listeners, understand their situation, then you can investigate the organization on where to properly place them to go get help. Because just because they say like us, we don't work with chronically homeless, but there's a level of homelessness that we do work with that are people that are coming out of incarceration, the people that have been couch surfing and running on, on the run. Right. You know, I remember running for nine months and then two weeks I come back into town and I'm locked up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Saying I'm not homeless, but I was homeless. I was just running right. around the streets. You know, I, I, you know, I was the best dressed homeless guy, at least I thought. But we you are. Know what I mean? but. but we are partnered with um, Urban Peak. So, like with okay. our youth that are homeless and stuff like that, I refer them to shelters, Urban Peak, and stuff like that. And okay. then some of our population, like you said, coming yeah. out of DLC, if they're not ready to go into a sober living, we do call shelters and stuff like that. Yes. Um, one of my team members, Ken, was just at a facility trying to get them registered in sh- shelters and stuff like that. So we do work with some of this homeless population, but I want to get them to where they're in their own apartment, where they're being monitored, where they're taking meds and if they need to, mm-hmm. you know, and, and having a little bit of structure that way. Yeah. You know, and it's funny how, how we learn about these organizations. I need to get this person that I know that's on this. Uh, I have a friend of mine um, that, that just had to put his mother into a, 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 a hybrid type of sober living. Cause we have another population that ends up homeless. And this is where you get, really caught in the weeds is she's over 65. Mm. She has multiple, multiple, uh, health problems Mm. and she's a drinker with benzos. So there's not a lot of places to put her, not even a hospitalization will get there, but we found an organization that has nursing that has a a emphasis on mental health and recovery. And she's thriving. I didn't even know it existed until we, you know, at the end we thought we were going to lose her and now she's great. Mm. You know what I mean? With those types of situations. That's what, it's crazy, like, one time you'll think that you know everything, and, like, Las mm-hmm. Vegas. Mm-hmm. 
I'm learning Las Vegas, man. Nah. <laughs> you think you know recovery till you walk the streets of Las Vegas, man. It's going to show you something different. <laughs> way different. You know, I'm, you know and, and it feels like that I'm in my first, my first year of recovery again. I feel, you know, Nani's been out there with me. It's uh, there's a stare in their eyes, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's there there's is. a there's a different, different type of hopelessness that's that's out there. That's uh, that's it's 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 scary. It's it's like God has not been there in a while, or there's just some type of blinder that they're just not seeing. Mm-hmm. And then you start really looking at the scope of that. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've I've traveled all over the country. I've probably put a, a I've been to 36 states doing interventions mm-hmm. in my that's career. Good. I've been all over the place, flying, driving, snow, whatever, you know, a lot of stuff I had to stop doing, promised my wife. I mean, the last <laughs> one I did in, in downtown LA scared the hell out of her, so I had to kind of hang it up from there and just be an executive. But at that point, you know, getting back to my roots and talking to her about what I do in Las Vegas now, getting back to seeing what the people need. We need more of you that are out there that are, that are, that are actually boots on the ground like your organization that actually know because we don't know everything and we do need to connect our, our, our community with the right people because I know I'm not a fit for everybody right. and you're not a fit right. for everybody. Not, my, Nani might be that fit. You know, a lot of stuff I learned from Slim on the opportunity to be a better professional on, you know, man, courage I learned from Slim. Mm. Can you imagine, I always say this, when the day that he got into recovery, y'all, he didn't even tell his boss, and we said this is the last radio station, he'll get more on it. He walked in this studio and told everybody on the radio that he had a drinking problem and he's going to hold himself accountable and he's going to do something about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Give that man his flowers. <laughs> that right there is some courage, man. Yeah. Like, you know, there's not a lot of radio station slots out there. <laughs> you got to fight for you these know, slots. I, I had to risk my job on that one because it was I was risking my life already. Mm. You know, like I didn't have... I wouldn't be here today if I hadn't made a change almost seven years ago. Mm. I'd be dead. I, I would have drank myself to death if not overdosed on some kind of drug because um, alcohol was my gateway to everything else. Mm-hmm. So I, I had to put it out there to hold myself responsible, to have people be able to point their finger at me. So That's you know. amazing. And how did that feel? Like when you... Walking was, in your was, boss's office and, and being nervous, how did, were you received and how did it feel after? It was a relief for me to be able to tell everybody what I was going through because it, it kind of like you know, I had to hold myself responsible, mm. you know. But when it came to my boss and so on, I could care less. <laughs> I, I literally like okay. I was I was so <laughs> beat up. I was so beat up and hurt that. Like if I, I had to do this for me and if they weren't mm. going to accept, you know, that I just told everybody on the radio, hey, your afternoon host is an alcoholic and has some serious problems. If they weren't going to accept that, they didn't need me here because I, 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 I couldn't do the job anyway where I was at that point. You know, mm. I was a hot mess on their radio airwaves. And if if you expected me to continue to work here, I had to tell everybody what was going on because mm. I wasn't but just like here. he gave you courage and stuff like that. Whoever heard it that day. Had some too. And so that moved. He gave the realness, the rawness, and then gave relatability. Some people were scared to make that move. And he might have just opened that door. Well, Mm -hmm. that's what this program is, is is just what I did that day. You just did it today. You know, you told people, hey, this is me. I'm Josie Burton. And I've dealt with addiction. I've dealt with traumatic things happening to me. 
Mm-hmm. I've dealt with incarceration. Abuse, all that. Yep. And I'm still here. And, and, I'm, and I'm telling you these things because I'm hoping that me telling you what I've been through might help somebody else. Mm-hmm. You, know? you know, so you just did it too. It, it, sitting down here, I know you were nervous when you sat down, probably oh, yeah. didn't know where you were going to start or what you were going to say mm-hmm. or how it would all turn out. You're right. You know, and I'm hoping that right now you're going, man, I'm glad I did this. And I'm really hoping that it's reaching one person out there, a man, a woman, somebody who's not locked up, somebody who is locked up. But if, if you're sitting there and you're suffering or dealing with a family member that's suffering, hopefully the words that Josie has shared today Absolutely. makes you go, you know what? There's hope. There's hope. And there's people out there that care about me. And there's people out there that want to help me and, and don't want to see me continue to suffer. That's right. Because somebody right now is suffering. They're, they're in jail and they're like, man, I've been locked up for so many years. I'm going to get out. I don't know what I'm going to do when I get out. Do I just go back to my addiction? Do I go back to my crimes? What, what am I going to do? Oh, wait a minute, I can call the next chapter mm-hmm. and they're, they're going to, to hold my hand, basically. Yes. You know, we're, they're going to tell me, all right, so you need a toothbrush. We're going to get you that. You need these things to get your job started. We're going to get you that. You need a roof over your head to get you started. We're going to get you that. You, you're looking for a job. Mm-hmm. We're going to help you, you with get, your next chapter. get that. You, <laughs> right now, you are lost and confused. You think nobody has your back. Somebody has your back. And she's You're star-studded right, right now because i got to give a shout-out to Alexander Cortez out there. Now you got Las Vegas Strong looking at you out there because he's he is in the streets. You had Watik here, like everybody on this show right now. They're hearing all about your organization. You know what I mean? Um, shout-out to, to Alexander out there and Vegas Stronger. They, they do some great work, and I mean – Wow, it's just like you wanted to get your name out there. You got it. You got it. You got to cross states now, Bring me to You know Vegas. what I mean? I'm willing. Yeah, and we got another Vegas. Mr. Cross is in there right now too, and he's like Denver, Vegas. Bring me down. Yeah. So the next chapter, the NXT chapter, mm-hmm. and the website is NXT chapter C H A P T R. No E. C H A P T R dot org. E-R. Right. E-R. So there is an E. Yeah, not in next, though. Oh, not in next. Not in next. Uh, <laughs> now it makes sense. That's right. There's no A in the next. I give, I'm finally with you. Yeah. <laughs> NXTchapter.org. Yes. I'm the hood end. For the website. He's the proper end, everybody. Uh-huh. He helps oh. me spell my own name sometimes and gets very mad if I do it wrong. So You see what he did to that mic? He did. He did. He did. Yeah. So Maha, in the middle of this show, for yeah. those that aren't watching online, I got up, I moved over to Tomas, and I moved his mic in front of his mouth because Tomas does not understand how a microphone works <laughs> and that you need to talk into it. And we so, have been doing this for six months. Yeah, exactly. But they've been putting up with me for about 30 years because I've been following them around. I was kind of like the little brother of the radio DJs, him and Kingdom and everybody else. So they've been kind of doing that big brother thing with me, so I'm cool with it. Move the mic if you want. Go ahead. <laughs> so real quick as we start to wrap up here you guys have your really a, a bunch of mission statements but really three which is to provide essential tangible items mm-hmm. to people coming out of incarceration educational and employment resources mm-hmm. so help them learn what they need to know and get the job that they need to get themselves back as a contributing member of society and then a support system preparations and which then are we have release a support plans, group that's on Thursdays from 6 to 8, and that's just to help them with any obstacles or challenges they're facing after leaving incarceration, and it's on Zoom or Google Meets, so you don't even have to come. We could just meet on there and coach you through this, whatever you're going through. So. Okay, so if you're listening right now 
and, and you are locked up at this moment, I want you to think about calling the NXT chapter when you get out. If you're a, f- a family member of somebody who is currently incarcerated and you're like, man, they need help when they get out. I need a plan for my friend or my family member when they get out. Um, give them a call, 720-397-7236 and give the NXT chapter a call. Thank you, guys. Oh, Josie, thank you. It. Come Let on. Get my story out there. Come yeah. on, girl. You know, so you're now part of the Sharing Our Story family. Okay. So that means in the future, we're going to have you come back in okay. and do this again. Okay. Because there's people that are listening today, and, but there's people that aren't listening today. Yeah. And those yeah. people that aren't listening today, hopefully are listening next time. Right. And they need to get this message and to know about organizations like this. Because... Mm-hmm. We, we got to help our brothers and sisters when they get out. Period. Yes. Period. Otherwise, they go back. Right. Or relapse. Or relapse. Mm-hmm. And then with relapse, we, we end up with a lot of people that pass away. Right. And, and I'm, I'm really tired of that part. And though we can't put an end to that, I do want to see a lesson. Right. Yeah. And I'd like to give out a shout out to the, the Perez family for Devano. Devano was a guest here. Uh, we just lost another person this past week. Mm. He was a very, very talented young man. This, uh, it was Devano Perez. Beautiful, beautiful soul. Heart out to his sisters, his, uh, his mom, his second mom out there, um, the family. They're, they're going through it. And um, it's really, really, really a sad situation. So please, if you are struggling right now, no matter old or young, pick up the phone. Do something. Save your life. Have that courage that we're talking about. Reach out to Josie. If, if you resonate with Josie, you just heard her give her cell phone number to 400,000 people. Really? <laughs> you know what I mean? yes. And please do that as soon as possible because it's just, it's, it's, it's the, the worst feeling on earth to be an advocate, to be a family member, to be a friend, to watch a family member lose somebody like that. And have to go through that, you know. Um, please save your life. You know, you only got one, and you're not promised every chance. And you got one right now, so pick up that phone. The number for Josie and the next chapter once again is seven two zero three nine seven seven two three six. Our guest has been Josie Burton from Denver. The NXT chapter that's NXT no E chapter.org i've got it right i've got it right i want to thank you so much for being our guest today josie i appreciate you you. all right big hugs when we get off of here uh mile high if you are struggling in addiction give josie a call like i said 720-397-7236 you can also uh reach out to tribe recovery homes at 720-60-TRIBE if you're like i don't want to call anybody google google uh, addiction recovery Pick up the phone. It's really just Google recovery. Put your zip code in there. I bet you you find a meeting near you right away in a place where you can start. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. can even do something on the page of Slim. Get on social media and say, hey, I need help. Yep. I'm sure somebody's going to pop up that you don't even know that you knew that's going to say, that's going to DM you with the right stuff instead of the wrong stuff that you're always doing. You know what I mean? Just say, hey, I need help. Yep. I'm struggling right now. Is there anybody out there can help me? I tell you, people in recovery love you and, and want to help you. If you're in addiction, we, we always here. Like, we are your support system. And, and that's, I, I guarantee you, everybody in recovery always wants to jump to help you. It's, it's part of our giving back. Mm. It, it's, part of, it's part of our recovery. 
So Mahai, this is sharing our stories. Our guest today, Josie Burton from Denver. You can find this program at floatdenver.com and also at jammin1015.com. Follow Tomas Hernandez on Facebook and you can watch this program when we record it live on Facebook. You can, you can drop your notes into uh, the chat and uh, ask your questions when we have our guests here. Josie Burton from Denver, the next chapter, has been our guest today here on Sharing Our Stories. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will be back next week here on Sharing Our Stories. Yes, sir. Thank you for being here.